Hi there, my name's Jane Anderson and this is the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. It's the podcast for experts who want to have greater impact, influence and income for their businesses and careers. As experts, we know that people buy from people and work with people who they know, who they like and who they trust. So I'm so glad you're here because it's that time again now to really amplify how you show up in the world. Hi there and welcome to the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. I am beyond excited that you are here. I hope you enjoyed the past interviews that we've done and done um, Seth Godin which was not so long ago so I hope you enjoyed the interview if you haven't been on make sure you go back and uh, download that interview as well I still am getting emails and calls and comments about it so um so I hope you enjoyed the Seth Godin interview a few weeks ago so um so what have you been up to so I can tell you what I've been up to I have been on the road quite a bit I have I'm based in Brisbane in Queensland sunny Queensland and I have been on the road in Sydney in the last week. So, and I've been out talking to lots of people. I've been out doing my usual coaching and mentoring programs and running workshops on personal branding for leaders, uh, in particular executive teams and doing a bit of work with CEOs as well. I'm seeing, you know, the things I'm seeing out there, I'm seeing there's a lot of change going on, which is not unusual. Change is the new normal. Um, but we've got things that are going on. We've got things like the Royal Commission that have, has happened uh, in financial services. So there's a lot of uh, change going on in that industry. I'm seeing um, CEOs, as I, as I often do, who are questioning what is life like for me when I leave here or founders who are thinking about you know, their personal brand. I've got all this experience. I've got all this knowledge. What can I do to be able to help people? So I'm, so I'm doing quite a bit of work with CEOs and executives on helping them be able to build their brand outside and what is the next step for them. Some are writing books. Some are setting up um, blogs, helping unpack their thought leadership and those types of things. Um, and then on the other end of the scale, last week uh, I spoke on the Today Show. And, uh, and I was talking about how to manage your online and digital presence and your personal brand, particularly if you're you know, a job seeker or uh, even if, you know, we see a lot of people who are, uh, you know, even baby boomers who are going out and dating again. And, you know, some are, are really being taken advantage of. Some people aren't managing their digital presence and, you know, they're really open and vulnerable to, um, to people um, taking advantage of them. So, so there's so many aspects that personal branding really comes up in people's careers and businesses and lives and so um so it's been really good uh and fun couple of uh weeks and catching up with people so um but one of the good things that has happened during that time has also been the launch of the trusted book yay <laughs> i finally got there so um so uh this book i wrote uh, which is called trusted the level above influence and the way the reason why i wrote it is because what i noticed when i'm working with people and helping them build their their branding and positioning and helping them to be able to, whether it's applying for jobs or whether it's building their expertise, you know, and building a practice as an expert in their field. What I found was that people kind of um, sometimes thought it was just about how they dress or having the website looking nice or being able to be on social media and writing content. And that's all true to us to a certain extent. That's sort of where we start. But when you're really building your brand and your positioning, what you're actually doing is building a 
community and a tribe of people who uh, are who are influenced by you and that takes a lot of trust and what I've found is that you might have influence if you've got a certain job title but you might not necessarily be trusted so I'm so I'm uh, wrapped to be able to get it out you can jump on the Jane Anderson website so jane-anderson.com and go to the books page and you'll see all my books are there and you can if you want a physical book then you'll need to purchase it you can also purchase it on amazon.com book depository all those places um, but I don't mind if you go to my website and you can download a copy for free and you don't even have to give me your email address so if you want to do that you are most welcome to go and do that so um, I hope you enjoy it but in the book what I talk a lot about is authenticity uh, empathy vulnerability uh, your identity as as a brand like really what is the heart of your personal brand and the real th uh, I talk about nine key skills to build uh, when you're building a trusted like if I'm helping someone build their leadership capability I spent 10 years in corporate building leadership capability and this is where I've started to bring this back in most of my books in the past have been about marketing now this is uh, starting to move into back over to my leadership work so I've always dabbled between the two and um, but I really talk about uh, some of the brands we've seen leaders who have been able to rebuild trust um, you know, even if you look at people like uh, Jacinda Ardern after, you know, what's happened in New Zealand, um, you know, you've got people like, uh, you know, such an incredibly challenging in uh, incident. And then you've got people who actually want to move to New Zealand after that happening. They're not running away. They want to move there because of how she's handled that situation. It's because of the trust she's been able to build in the brand of New Zealand and that takes leadership. So I'm so very excited to share trust with you. Jump on the website and grab that. Um, and uh, in some exciting news, we also have what other programs, if you're wondering about how you can work with me, uh, we have the Expert to Influencer online program, as well as a bunch of events coming up, in particular, the Content Creation Bootcamp in July, which is super exciting. It's uh, the first time I've run this program. I get so many people ask me, how do you write so many books? Like, how do you churn out so much content? How do you create it all so fast? And uh, so I've written six books in the last, uh, six five years um, and uh, what I thought I would do is okay for those who really want to learn why don't you come with me and I'll show you how to do it so what we're gonna do is we're gonna do a couple of days at the beach we're gonna be at the Gold Coast and we're gonna do this uh, thing called the Pomodoro technique where we work in short sprints and by the end of two days you're gonna go away with a year's worth of content in two days which I'm super excited about so there's only a few spots left so if you're interested in getting some help with unpacking your IP and knowledge fast and have a really high impact two days and go away with enough content for 12 months um, I'd love to see you there so jump on the website you'll see it in the events area and it's coming up on the 12th and 13th of July and you can um, chill out at the coast and defrost if you're from the southern states <laughs> but today without further ado I have a very exciting guest to be able to share with you today this guest today is really one of the most extraordinary people not I was going to say women but I would say the most extraordinary people that I know one of the most clever people that I know um, she has been voted in the top 25 c-suite speakers to watch by meetings and, and events in the US um, and what she does is she un helps unpeople to unlock their genius access their full potential and to develop their strengths and to discover how to really 
think differently and also while having a bit of a laugh at the same time she's full of personality she's amazing and um, so she does uh, she does a lot of speaking she runs workshops and training for organizations teams brands individuals um, she does a lot of work with entrepreneurs and educating them helping to be able to build their brands as well as their teams um, she's written a number of books uh, she's written for places like Success, US, CEO Magazine, AMA. Um, she has articles that have been featured in over like 100 publications across the world. Uh, she co-founded a business called The Impossible Institute with one of Australia's leading uh, branding experts and marketing and advertising experts, Dan Gregory. And they are on this mission to really change people's thinking. Um, she has built some of the world's biggest businesses from Coca-Cola to MTV uh, to the United Nations even. You may have even heard her on ABC's 702 Breakfast Show with Wendy Harmer or maybe you've seen, you might have seen her on Sunrise, the ABC, Sky Business, SBS. There's nothing this woman can't do. Uh, so um, she's done, she's got lots of leadership programs and she specializes really in the space of innovation, collaboration and transformation. Absolute pleasure to introduce you to the show today where I interview the one and only, the extraordinary Kieran Flanagan. Enjoy. All right, so welcome to the Jane Anderson Brand You Show where we talk all things personal branding as you know because we all talk about people and we talk about people who we know, who we like and who we trust. And I have one of those people on today who I know, who I like and who I trust. <laughs> this woman is <laughs> extraordinary. I have to share with you what I've got here to, uh, to tell you how incredible this woman is. Kieran Flanagan is joining us today. She is the co-founder and chief executive officer of the Impossible Institute, a strategic think tank that was created to make positive change and make change positive. An energetic, innovative, she's a fluid thinker. Uh, Kieran is such an inspiring leadership speaker. I've seen her speak a number of times, so there's absolutely no doubt about that. She's spoken to audiences across almost every industry sector and as diverse as the United Nations in Singapore as part of social, a social change think tank. And that was about working to end human trafficking, which is just incredible. Uh, and the work that, that she's done with innovation teams for places like Coca-Cola. Uh, she's delivered change-making presentations at leadership forums, education summits across Australia and around the world. But there's one thing that Kieran always does, and she just leaves people feeling so confident, really creative, super inspired, and adapting to a way of unthinking, perhaps, in a way that they've always thought. And what I think that this lady does is she gives you some fantastic tools and techniques to, to solve problems creatively. I think I still am into implementing and using things that I've learned from Kieran I think five years ago that I've picked up, but every, every gem along the way from working with this woman um, has made such a difference to the work I do. And being able to tap into uh, Kieran's inner genius today is, is a super special treat. Um, so Kieran is a passionate advocate for teaching ad, uh, individuals how to change the way they think and helping organisations change the results they produce for the positive. So please welcome our very special guest today, Kieran Flanagan. Yay! Hi, Jane. <laughs> thank you. I cannot thank you enough 
for coming on today. I, you are in such hot demand. I know how busy you are. So I feel incredibly uh, humbled and grateful that you are here and joining us today. And I just know how much we're going to get out of, it, of working with you and listening to you today. I, so where, what have you been doing? What are you working on? What are you up to? Uh, well, I have been on the road a lot. October is traditionally a massively busy month, as you know, in the yes. speaking uh, world. So been feeling the effects of that uh, busyness, which I love, and I sometimes hate <laughs> the word busy. Yes. Uh, but I've been rather full, to use our friend. <laughs> yes. I'm rather full, but it's amazing. And I'm also uh, writing a book with my business partner, Dan Gregory, which is due to the publisher in the next two days. So wow. tragically off a new book so oh, thank you for feeding us no it's an absolute joy love absolutely love the work you do and it's uh, wonderful to be here oh thank you so Kieran you've been such a, a big part of my journey and my one of my um, mentors if you like and advisors and, and who have helped me in my work and it's been so incredibly valuable um, tell us a bit about you work with such a a broad range of people from thought leaders and experts like myself and others who are, who are friends with and then some of the, the world's most influential organisations like the United Nations and the breadth of what you can do is just incredible. So who, where do you spend most of your time? Who do you sort of work with the most and what types of capacities? Look, I, I probably, if you broke up time, spend the most time uh, helping large corporate companies mm -hmm. uh, to leverage their creativity. I always say I'm about commercial creativity. Right. So not people think creativity isn't particularly commercial. I think the world's waking up to the idea that it is, mm -hmm. but it's been quite a slow process. So educating people that are thinking, our ability to problem solve, to innovate, mm. uh, that resilience is actually a creative tool to really have their people understand that they're more creative than they think. Right. And in the corporate world's in desperate need of that. You know, and so I spend most of my time there. But I also have a deep love of helping smaller businesses and individuals with that. So I guess the same problem in a way. It's it, You think they're vastly different and they're actually more similar than you know. But right. uh, there's usually more money in the, the, in the corporate world. So yes. you can obviously work one to many, not uh, so much one on one. Right. Okay. And so the problems are the same. It's just the scale that sometimes is a little bit different, yeah? Yeah, look, the pro and look, there's, there's slight shifts and differences. One of the things about working with entrepreneurs or thought leaders is they make their decision themselves. Right. So they still need the ability to create and problem solve and then how do we sell that? Right. Uh, but they have to sell it essentially pretty much to themselves. Whereas in a corporate, they then have a massive part of the business that is well how do i get other people to buy in in the organization before i can even get it launched yeah so there's okay. an extra step to people that have their own thing right. most still need to be able to get people to buy in and do all those things but yes. one goes you know for me kieran what do you think of that i think that's an excellent idea and uh i can buy my <laughs> own idea right <laughs> that's right um, i think you did a great job today right. absolutely um Kieran, you've worked with some of the biggest brands and this is, you know, you have a deep understanding of how branding works, whether it's an organisation or a personal brand. And one of the things, like you said, like regardless of the size is authenticity, trust and connection with that, 
with that brand and that customers have. I'd love to know, when I've seen you speak, I, the stories that you share, I always, I often find myself sharing with other people, uh, you know, some of the things from launching Nando's into Australia and uh, then, uh, and it was, um, I think it was Coke Zero at the time yeah. as well. You know, these big brands that you've, you've been involved in and launching their journeys, what have you found that create the biggest connection for, for like that personal brands can learn that they, what do they do well when you're working with them? What are some of the things that you do with them that personal brands can do better to build authenticity or to build a real connection and trust in their brand? What do you notice? Look, there's a few things that I think most of us get wrong when it comes to branding. Mm -hmm. And the first one is uh, that people just aren't that into us. So we think we're eternally fascinating <laughs> and that people are desperate to know yeah. all about us when they're really not that interested. So working really hard yeah. to be of interest, not interesting. Right. So how do I be That's of interest? Really how do I be of interest? Okay which means I have to know what they're interested in that I know, not what I think they should know. Right. Which becomes interesting. We spend most of our time thinking, well, you need to know this and I'm going to bludgeon you with the information. And great brands go, no, no, what are you interested in? And how do I, we call it, you know, selling people what they want to buy. So most of us mm. sell them what we want to sell, not what people want to buy. So again, yes. focusing more time and attention in who you're helping right. and less I'm an intention in yourself. I see. Which is most people think I need to get me amazing. Yes. My profile <laughs> shot can't <laughs> hot enough. You know, yes. my, my, you know, oh, it's the colours wrong or people aren't engaging right. for different reasons. And, and yes, sometimes those things help and make a difference, but they're extra percents on top. If you've got someone who's just doing something really that people deeply care about, they'll come. Yeah, if you right. can solve their problem, they'll come. If you understand what they need, they will come. They will find obscure chat groups on the internet because they're <laughs> really in, my husband collects Australian pottery, which no one will believe, but they're really into Melrose pottery. Like they right. will find the person that knows about Melrose pottery who right. has no website and no branding and the ugliest business card you can imagine. <laughs> But because they're interested in that, they will seek them out. Right. Um, that's so, I just think that's such a powerful way to, to really frame, because I think you're right, is that we do become, so when you, uh, when you personal brand, it's a little bit focused on sometimes the crusade, I want to change the planet or I want to do this, and, and it's not actually solving a big enough problem, is it? And so it just becomes all about you. And so it's sort of the irony of personal branding in some ways is that yeah, yeah. Go, well, actually it's not even about you anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's not about you and all your insecurities and stuff come up. And right. it, it's fundamentally about them and the people that do the best spend more time in them and less time in right. themselves. Time and time again. And it seems very counterintuitive because we're calling it branding. Yes, <laughs> yeah. You think it's going to be about that? No, it's really not. Mm. And Kieran, I remember a story that you told in a keynote once, which was about um, because your business is called the, the Impossible Institute. So, and 
because you come up with ideas that literally sometimes seem impossible. So, you, you know, that's a big, you know, branding's all about brand promise. Like, what am I going to get? And I remember you talked about, um, if you're happy to share the Nando's story of, of when it was launched in Australia and it was, you had this, um, you had a budget of $5,000 from the client. Was that right? Yeah, and it was budget. Yeah. Well, my business partner, Dan, probably tells the story more often than me because it's rather embarrassing for me. Uh, <laughs> he tends to tell it on stage, but we do joint keynote and yes. uh, we shared there. But the, So we launched Nando's into Australia and they're a South African brand. And, you know, today it seems like they're everywhere and everyone would know them, but they came in to Australia with no history. They had a single store in, in Bondi and... Mm-hmm. They had five thousand dollars, and we were like, "Ah, yeah, that's slightly problematic." So, what we knew we had to do was to make them famous. We had no other option. Five thousand dollars wasn't going to make enough of a difference. There was no internet. It wasn't that we could run Google AdWords and find chicken all over the country, (laughs) and uh, wasn't going to happen. So, we decided at the time Pauline Hanson was running for office spewing the same vitriol that she does today sadly <laughs> things haven't been gone no and uh anyway we decided to run a we thought we can use that and we decided to run a poster outside of her electoral office uh, yeah. up in queensland and the nearest nando store was in bondi right so what we uh, was we put a poster up outside her office with a black chicken a white chicken and a brown chicken with the headline we're all the same on the inside pauline <laughs> so of course the media picked up the story right the media yes. picked up the story and people in sydney and around bondi traditionally more open-minded i'm not they're not always but traditionally anti-pauline hansen yes. they of course you know everybody knew about it so suddenly right. nando's were famous all across the country wow and that became very interesting anyway there's a second part of the story but uh, they said we've got 10 grand and can you make a TV ad yes. <laughs> and we were young, we were really young you know, I was 22 or 23 and we're just all that enthusiasm of yes of course we can even though we, we didn't know how but we knew we had the energy to try yes. so we said of course we can but we could only afford late night TV yeah TVs that's right so we made a kind of ad that was designed to look like a late night kind of sexy yes. cool ad and uh yeah anyway i it ended up with my business partner dan and i in sydney's one of sydney's famous sex shops looking for chicken sized lingerie uh, and i went on to say to them because uh, i really i realized it was weird when i said oh have you got this to fit a chicken and, and they looked at me really weirdly and i thought i'd make it better and i said oh no 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 it's not a live chicken it's a dead one <laughs> And clearly that didn't make anything better at all. It actually just made it terribly worse. So, <laughs> so you're having to put this lingerie on a dead chicken and yeah. they're going, we get some really yeah. interesting fetishes in here. That's a new one. Yeah, that's um, a whole level of weird. That <laughs> the funny thing was the woman we found, we found a woman who made the lingerie. She made all these little like leather harnesses and lacy stuff for the chickens and she was awesome and she didn't even think it was weird or she wonderful customer service she didn't show us she thought it was weird she just said 
what size chicken are you going to use so I can measure exactly? You know, is it? A, I can't remember the sizing. Is it a twenty-three or a twenty-four? Because it's slightly different. So we had agreed, and then for those who are interested, uh, you to get because they're all posing in positions. Uh, we they are wood stained and uh, a Canadian maple is the colour. So if you right. want to make chicken wood, just so right. you know, okay, uh, wood stained, a bit of paprika, paprika, and a heat gun to kind of freeze their muscles into. Right. <laughs> like so, so you all know. My other hot tip for you that I've learned in advertising: if you're ever shooting male underwear, if you've got Instagram followers who want to look better down there, white bread is the, is the key. Right? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. so you know i'm very helpful with information for you the, all <laughs> the experiences you've had never cease to amaze me they just know, right? are just incredible but you live up to you know you know you really are uh i think when we first met you were introduced to me as australia's leading female cre female creative in the country wow, and then I, I think <laughs> and then i went actually no i reckon she's probably like in the if not one of the leading creative directors it doesn't matter whether you're female or not i'm kind of going um but you are incredibly inspiring because that industry the advertising industry is just so so competitive so cutthroat you're working with such having to think so creatively and that is one of the challenges sometimes for someone in a personal brand who is marketing themselves like what, what do you do to encourage them to really tap into their creativity to be able to build their brand and build their business? Oh, look, there's a, there's a couple of things. And, and the first one is to get over the idea they're not creative. Okay. So most human beings think that we're not creative. We decide somewhere in our lives, usually in school, mm -hmm. that we're either creative or that right. we're not. We pick a side. We're very black and white around creativity. Oh, I'm a creative thinker and I'm totally not. And most people, because I ask them all the time, mm -hmm. your hands up, think you're creative. I am lucky to get two hands wow. up in a room full of people. And look, occasionally you'll get an industry. I was working with hairdressers okay. the other week and they all thought they were creative. Yes. Uh, but that's highly unusual. Mm. And weirdly enough, with the hairdressers, the more work you do, the more they go, wow, we're not that creative at all. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought we were creative, but we're fundamentally not. We're creative with hair, but we're actually not very creative with our brands. Right. So I always say to people, and here's the problem is we think, and it's why the hairdressers think they're creative, that creativity is about artistry. The creativity right. is like colours and paint and I'm really wacky and Ken vomited all over me <laughs> and I live on the fringes a bit. You know, it's about being eccentric. Right. And creativity okay. isn't eccentricity, it's not artistry, it's not an ability to draw, it's an ability to think. Right. And everybody is good at thinking, it's problem solving, it's ingenuity, it's agility, mm -hmm. it's flexibility, I think it's resilience, like a whole lot of that stuff. Right. And when you think about it that way, you get over yourself and you go, well, am I good at problem solving? Yes or no? Am right. I good at, you know, using a you know, taking something quite narrow and finding a, a way around it, you know, a problem, can I fix that? Yes. Then you're creative. Okay. Yes, you may not be outrageous. You may not be colourful. But creativity can be quiet and yes. thoughtful and subtle. And it can be all of those things. And we, right. in, and we have this stereotype of 
you know, the fringe dwelling, I'm bad with money, I'm bad at business, bar, the, bar humbug to mainstream society. <laughs> yes. And I don't think it is that. I think no. that's just, that's artistry. That's, yes. you know, that's a whole other thing. Yes. Creativity. So number one is you're more creative than you think. Right. And then I think number two is that the biggest risk you face is your brain, your brain, no surprise. Okay. Is that we have heuristic brains, which means we have brains that make patterns, right. which means they're awesome at uh, repeating tasks. Mm-hmm. We're wired for it. We can do things pretty much on autopilot. We know, you know, when you, you know instinctively where to put your finger on your phone, you know, when you yes. get a new app and something moves around, annoying because your brain's so wired for that shortcut. Yes. Uh, so we find that really annoying. So that's our heuristic brain. And right. it's a problem when it comes to problem solving because right. we have to break through what I call the obvious barrier. Okay. So I go, your brain is wired to repeat. And when you're problem solving, you're wired to do differently. Different. But when we tend to brand, we tend to go, how do I look the same? How Because yeah. our instinct is to do the pattern. Oh, yes. I know what it should look like. I should yes. have a posed photo with the thing with my hand on my chin and I, you know, my head tilted a bit and I should be wearing this. It's so we mm. unconsciously go to the same. Right. And the same is a really dangerous place to dwell. Yes. Very little of us go, how do I, you know, we and we make nuances seem like massive differences to us. Oh, right. I'm a different everyone else is bright blue and I'm dark blue. And we okay. convince ourselves that it's different enough. Most people right. are too samey samey and it costs them massively. Yes. And it's sort of do you find it's the balance between being so trying to be so unique that you're actually now really hard to buy from because you've now made yeah. it too much about you. And then yeah. now we're kind of in no man's land of um, we're still got to be, e- it's that balancing act, isn't it? It's the being easy to buy, something that customers understand the, the solution you bring, but being unique in the, in the approach or the essence or the way that you solve that problem. Is that right? Well, the, tr- the trick is deep relevance. Right. So, we, you know, in the, when we're teaching, I used to run Australia's creative school, and when we're teaching yeah. uh, new creative thinkers, and getting them into that that whole industry, mm-hmm. what tends to happen is again people mistake creativity for wackiness and weirdness, right. and I've got to shock and awe you. Okay. But creativity is not about being wacky. We always say to people, if you're wacky and weird with no relevance, it's really off-putting. Okay. So if you just decide to stand there nude. <laughs> because it will get attention people will go well yeah you were nude but so what if however you're standing nude because you go it's i don't know leadership exposed for example suddenly it's relevant and i go oh that makes some sense i'm a leader who's willing to i'm willing to be naked because i teach people to be essentially naked right Right. i go actually that that makes sense and i will buy that from you so the trick is again back into who am i helping what am I sharing with them? How do I yes. express that in my brand? Right. How do I express who my who I am helping and my message in my brand? And right. most of us don't do that work. We go, I'm in a hairdresser. I'm going to put scissors in my logo because, yeah. And then we go, well, every hairdresser every looks And they're like hair talks and hair wow and hair this and hair that. And yes. you just Cutting go, you're <laughs> Thai restaurants. I wanted to do a book with Thai restaurant names. Because it's hilarious, Thai. Really? 
Thai, Thai wonderful, <laughs> Thai, <laughs> Thai food. I guess again, they go, oh, Thai restaurant, we're going to put Thai in our name and put a kind of twist on it. Um, <laughs> Thai kangaroo jams, or we thought would be a good one. Um, <laughs> So it. It, it's, it's how do you break out of the expectation box in a relevant mm, way? Got it. You know, if, you can't, if you can't be, do anything relevant, then just kind of don't be weird. Don't be uh, <laughs> That's how it's Like weird is a Yeah, that's right. Than looking professionally the same. Yes. Because at least professionally the same, you go, well, I look professional and now I'm competing on the same territory. That mm. magic happens. People elevate their brand when they go... It's you. Rel- it's different, but it's relevantly different. Right. Then magic happens because you no one else can do that. Yes. Because it's so me. Like Gary Vanderchuk and he's you know swearing. It would be yes. very hard for someone to take that position now. Yes. But the swearing is actually his difference that built yes. him, and it goes with his aggressive take on go go for it. Yes. Right? He's sort of a it Nike fits. just do it. It fits. Whereas if someone else decided just to be fuckity fuck fuck for no reason <laughs> right. you just go that's just distracting that's right and why, why like why it doesn't make why? sense there's no point yeah yeah if you're just trying to get attention and throw as many you know swear words in in 30 seconds as you can with no yeah. mean with it, it's not congruent to your message or yes yeah it doesn't it's make so sense. true yeah. Congruence is, is the biggest missing part. Is most it? people spend far too. But again, being different, you know, I had this woman come up to me. I was doing a book launch, uh, mm-hmm. hosting a book launch for a friend who was very surprised. I got there and they're like, oh, by the way, you've got a role tonight. I'm like, oh, good. Oh, you're on stage. I said, like, oh, come up. Excellent to know. And can you introduce this person? Anyway, I was at this event and this woman comes up to me and she goes, oh, hi, Kieran. I go, oh, hi. And you're probably like me. We meet a lot of people. Yes. Can't always remember you. If I'm really sorry if that happens to you. I, I really try to remember people. And she said, oh, you probably don't remember me. And in my head, I was like, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, but it's nice to see you. And she said, oh, you were running a big workshop. There's probably two, three hundred of us in the room. So All right. And you, she had a solar company. Right. I, I vaguely remember, but I had a go and I was talking about sameness being the enemy of branding. Right. And I said, if you're a solar company and you have yellow branding, welcome to generic. Yes. And she put a hand up and went, I'm a solar company and I have yellow branding. And I was like, oh, of course you are. Uh, and she said, but what we did, we changed, we, we actually took it on board and we made our branding fluorescent pink. It's so really bright. Yeah. And she said, our business has tripled. Wow. She said, every time, every people we ring, they go, oh, you're the pink people. Wow. She said, you, it was such a, That's incredible. a comment for you, but it fundamentally transformed our business. Wow. That's fantastic. And it's cool when you get people come up occasionally that you go, oh my gosh, someone did something. Someone actually did it. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. Imagine. Uh, so that was really in my awesome. audience who actually does what I recommend. Oh, I know, I know, amazing. So that was really uh, insightful to see it in action right. in a really simple way. You know, again, it wasn't, it was just a, I just had a go at them because they were yellow. Because again, if I say to you, and it's a reason, it's a heuristic brain, right? If I say yes. to you solar, you say yellow. Of course. Or the sun. So most people go, well, I have to tell people we're a solar company. I'll go yellow or the sun. Versus potentially talking about the money you'll save or 
there's other places you can dig that still makes a really powerful brand for solar. Yes. It isn't Captain Obvious. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just taking the time to think, you know, you and the yeah. tools that you use, and I know you talk about a, um, extracting is how you extract ideas is just play with. I remember an activity you, you, I saw you do with us once, which was around, you know, just coming up with a hundred ideas, hundred different options of what yeah. you could do. You know, even if they don't seem realistic, just put them down, just play and, yeah, uh, and then filtering. Yeah. And that's beating the obvious brain. It's beating the obvious barrier. The right. only way past it is through volume. Right. Now, I don't, you know, I, I mentally do a lot of volume. When I started, I killed so many trees. Oh, my goodness, right. the amount of people I went through was astounding. But now I mentally don't put everything down. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. no. That's you can't kind right. of eliminate faster. I am eliminate faster. So my brain's gotten way faster. People okay. think it's a magic trick because we, Dan, my business partner, I sometimes actually author on stage and we'll get people out of the audience and we'll work on their brand and their business live. Right. And people think it's a magic trick. But yeah. it's, it's 20 years old. Yeah, you've done it for so many years. It means our brains can be super fast at it. Yes. So I am an elite athlete in here. Right. You <laughs> absolutely <laughs> are. <laughs> I mean, outwardly, far from elite athlete. <laughs> <laughs> I have mental abs of steel in, in the sense of problem solving. And most people, again, they miss that point. They don't understand that creativity is discipline, not talent. Yes. yes. And that you, like anything, you've got to make your brain work. You've got to sweat for it. It's yeah. mental sweat though. So you don't really see it and you yes. don't physically get an outcome, but yeah, right. it's the same thing. You want to be a, you want to go faster. You've got to do the practice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because the people think that you just got this magic gene and that's okay yeah. for Kieran because she's this genius at blah at being able to do that. Well, no, it's been years of work. It's years of practice. And if you really, but it's then we have a, a an affinity for something, but then it's, it's going actually now I'm going to really tap into the mastery of this. This is, dis I think I saw a quote. I can't remember who said it recently. He said that, um, uh, the, uh, what is it? The amateur, uh, does things where it was, um, on occasion or on surprise and the, and the master does it through discipline. So yeah, was, yeah. yeah it's just purely it's the same just thing, right? Yeah. It's exactly the same thing yeah. as any mastery job. Yes. And again, people don't, don't see, cause because we see creativity as this mystical, magical unicorn, like sparkly rainbow of, staff yes. we again and the language we use around creativity reinforces the notion right. eureka a strike of inspiration an idea just came to me now yes sometimes the solution comes in a flash right but what led up to the solution is often not a flash you know it's sustained mm -hmm. wondering it's concentrating on problems it's understanding mechanics of things it's being curious so uh, you know there's the story of the the guy who founded uh the velcro company so he wasn't an entrepreneur right he was an uh an engineer or something. i can't remember what he was but he uh liked hunting and being in nature and hiking and he was out in nature and he noticed the birds sticking to his pants when you know they stuck to him so yeah, right. he decided to take one home and investigate it closely he put it under a microscope and went oh i've noticed these hook like mechanisms right that allow it to attach i think i can replicate it with man-made material 
Right. So he, there was no real intention. There was, but the same thing of sustained curiosity of being yes. interested. He had a microscope in the first place would indicate that he was interested in how stuff worked. So right. his ability yeah, to okay. know, to be curious about how stuff worked led to the moment that helps him create Velcro. I see. So, yeah. Again, what a life-changing product. Yeah, life-changing product. Well, again, it took a really long time for people to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. So and that's Kieran, important. Mm. And Kieran, so tell us, um, with that in mind now, like you're, so you're working on your book, you've got that being, uh, you said it's going to uh, the publisher uh, very shortly, if not today, Monday. And you're continuing to speak. You're right in the thick of speaking season right now as well with all the conferences that are on this time of year. So um, so what what are you working on? Like where will we start to see it and, and uh, where will we find out about it? Uh, so doing a few... So the book's an exci- really exciting project. I'm super okay. excited about it. Uh, it's a book that I think we all need mm-hmm. because... My and you're probably the same. And one of the gifts of what I get to do is work across a different industry sort of every day of the week a lot of the time. So what that gifts you with is the ability to see macro trends and and create Mm. and through the line conversations. So you really get to see commonalities, which again Mm -hmm. is a creative tool. It's looking for the the commonalities. I call it macroing. Yeah. Uh, So you take take detail and and actually come up above it and see the big stuff. So what the conversation too many businesses and parents and individuals are saying is, I'm terrified of change. Am I going to be employable? Will our business be relevant? We're going through an enormous change at the moment as an industry. I'd say every briefing. We're going through a lot of change. You know, they're change fatigued. They're in fear. Mm -hmm. So the book's around uh, forever skills, we called it. Okay. And... Uh, so I've written it with Dan and what we've done is we have a change model that we teach organizations, which uh-huh. is there's three spheres of change is what's changing, which gets all the attention. It's what we obsess about. Okay. AI is coming. Robots are coming. All that stuff. Exciting. Right. Yeah. But we need to be, it's a very reactive space. Then there's uh, what needs changing, which is a proactive. What can I actually change in the world? And okay. lots of entrepreneurs launch. Uh, from that sphere because they go you know this needs changing in the world and I'm going to do it right so like pink's underwear goes oh tampons and pads suck I'm going to use this technology so you don't need to wear them sort right. of right okay so, so that's a what needs changing it's a proactive problem solving sphere but the third sphere that gets no attention is what's unchanging okay and none of us are having an unchanging conversation in this world of change right so the book is having an unchanging conversation so forever skills are what are the through the line skills that have always been relevant throughout history and will right. maintain relevance into the future so that no matter what changes around us these things right. will still hold us in the wonderful stead to be successful because when you ask people and we've interviewed loads of people from all over the planet about what they've most relied on in their careers to get them where they are right to get them successful and it's unsurprising but interesting is it's all the forever stuff it's all the stuff that will set you up regardless of what else is around you it's creativity skills it's like collaborative human skills and it's the ability to control yourself 
and uh, and the world around you too as much as you can. You can never right. actually have full control, but it's to you know apply discipline and work ethic and all right. those things are still forever relevant. So the book's about that. So super excited about that work uh, because I think people need it and it's quite joyful and it takes a lot of pressure off because we're in panic. Yes. Yes. And, uh, yeah. And absolutely. Panic out and go. No. No. Focus on the things that have that will matter no matter what. And yes, you'll need to learn what we call skills of the age. Yes. So right now, like what you do is, has got a mix of both, right? Yes. You've got a mix of uh, skills of the age, which is here's how to use the platforms that you have at your disposal. Yes. And here's how to operate because the rules have changed. Yes. You know, here's how to operate in those spaces. Yes, and, that's right. But then you've got forever stuff, which is, you know, do the right thing. Uh, do what you say. Have sense of self. <laughs> yeah, like all the stuff that you would yeah. go, well, the forever stuff still is as important and the skills of the age may change in 10 years. Yes. But what you fundamentally rely on will still, it will just be executed yes. differently. Yeah. So you still, can you see you still need the same things mm-hmm. uh, in a different filter? So and that's always that. an interesting challenge working in the personal branding space or particularly marketing is it's like, oh, great, now Facebook ads is, is okay, I'm going to be a Facebook ads expert. And you go, actually, well, you know what, that's probably not going to be relevant in three years' time because you're going to have yeah. to really know Instagram. Um, you know, yeah. this technology and all this stuff changes. So like you said, is actually, you're spot on, is actually understanding what are the fundamentals of actually leading people, leading a tribe. If you're stepping into your biggest version of you under your personal brand, then... Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter whether you're face-to-face, online. It doesn't matter if Facebook shuts down tomorrow. Like, what if no social media was there? What would you do? So, um, so I totally agree with you that that is so key, I think, and is often overlooked for some of those that are working in a personal branding space and focusing sometimes a little bit too much on the technology or the platforms. And, yeah, yeah it's a piece of it. But these fundamentals are so key and, will, and won't change. So I love thinking around that. Yeah, well, and we love it, and it's really useful. So we get people to, you know, break down their thinking into those three spaces and go, "Have I got all of them? And am I doing all of them?" And I think great thinkers, leaders, thought leaders do use all of those tools. They just often don't realise that they do. So doing a lot of that work, a lot of speaking still. If anyone wants to speak, yes. Yeah, so Uh, where would we go to find all these Kieran? What's your website? Is it KieranFlanagan.com? uh, there is kieranflanagan.com or the impossibleinstitute.com. So both will link and lead you back uh, right. to find that. So, yeah, really All exciting right. year ahead. Lots of big plans. Yeah. Wow. Well, we'd be very excited to be watch your, watching your journey for 2019. There's so much happening. So, um, so thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so wonderful to tap into your expertise and just listening to you, your your mind just astounds me about the things that you create and come up with. And I could listen to you for days, just the stuff that you're able to, to articulate and explain to, to the average person for all of us. You know, yeah, I haven't been thinking that, but I hadn't really thought about it that way. Or so I think, uh, and I wanted to really uh, say thank you for the encouragement that you've always given to myself. And there's lots of other people who are on the show that Kieran has worked very closely with, and uh, so her presence is certainly felt 
uh, throughout a lot of our guests that have been on the show too. So it's been wonderful to have you finally. So thanks so much for your thank time. Thank you so much for having me, Jane. Your busy time yeah. with getting your book uh, in. So. Pleasure. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. Thanks, Jane.